right, come on. We're feeling good to be in church this morning, everybody. A couple of you are. I'm going to get the rest of you there, I promise. Come on. You excited to be in God's house on the first Sunday of your year? Amen. Well, I'm so excited to kick off a brand new series with you this morning. That's actually the first time I'd seen that bumper there. It looked good. Good job, creative. Come on. Can we just give a shout out to all of our creative and, and technical team? And Because if anybody needed the weekend off last weekend... Uh, it, it is that group of people and uh, really all of our dream team, people who worked so hard uh, during our Christmas services. Did you enjoy the week off last week? You know, uh, I won't make you raise your hand, but, you know, I, I hope you didn't show up last Sunday and peer into the, door, the windows. And uh, we did put signs up. We, we remember to get signs up this year just in case anybody showed up. But hopefully you didn't miss it too terribly bad and, and hopefully you got a chance to check out the little video message that we posted online for you to, to share with your family and, and to watch together. And so excited to kick off a brand new series uh, as we begin a new year called All Things New. And um, I'm going to ask for a little bit of grace from you this morning because the first Sunday of the year for me is actually always a, like a little bit of a rusty, like I got to kick the rust off because we did at the movies for several weeks, which is all pre-recorded, And then the Christmas message is kind of a shortened special type of message. So uh, this is the first time in, in since sometime in November uh, that I've stood up here and taught uh, with the screen, and I'm really excited about the content that I have for you, but um, I'll, I'll be kicking off the rust this morning. Can I have permission to, to, to do that? Is that all right? Is that, you, you okay with that? No? <laughs> You're here. It's too late. It's too late to change your mind. So, uh, hey, I do want to celebrate, though, something really incredible in the life of our church uh, that just happened two weeks ago, and uh, a lot of you were here, probably most of you were here, for our Christmas services. This is the most services we've ever done uh, over a weekend or a week in, in the life of our church. And, and so, you know, we had four services this year. We started Sunday night, we did Monday night, and then we did two on Tuesday. That Sunday night was really full. Uh, Monday was, was well attended, not as full. Two o'clock on Tuesday well attended, not as full. And then I was kind of back here catching my breath in between the services on that Tuesday Christmas Eve and then came around to the lobby and was saying hello to a few people and service was getting started in here. And I came in from the lobby and my eyes wouldn't adjust. Like I couldn't, because it was bright out there, it was dark in here and the, the big video was playing and, and my eyes wouldn't adjust. And so I, I finally I walked over to our, our tech guys and I was like, is anybody in here? for the four o'clock, and, and, and they said, what? I said, is there anybody in the room? I can't see. And, uh, and Dan was back there. He goes, you're, you're joking, right? And I said, no, I can't see anything right now. Is there anybody in the room? And he's like, dude, it's, it's full. Like, it's, it's, it's packed. And, um, and so that four o'clock man was, was very full. And so I wanted to share with you, because this is a record-breaking weekend for our church on every front, uh, four services, which is the most we've ever done. Uh, total attendance on those four services, 667 people attended those four Christmas services. Now, I'm going to peel back the veil a little bit and give you a little story on this. Um, we, we used a conservative estimate of how many people watched the service all the way through on our Facebook stream because it's hard for us to get the numbers there. And so at first we guessed five. We said, let's just say based on the, the number of people that were watching at different times, which is much higher than five, we said, let's, 
let's go with five. And when we added that to our total, it was actually 666. And so we were like, let's say it was six. Let's say it was six on Facebook. <laughs> so 667, that's our, that's our, <laughs> our conservative Facebook estimate got us that number because we're not saying 666 people came to our Christmas services. All right, uh, here's, here's the best part. Our church launched on February 12th, 2012. 128 people came to that service. 23 people made a decision to follow Jesus in that very first service in the, in the life of our church. Um, <clears throat> we've had people give their hearts to Jesus almost every single Sunday since that time, but we have never had a single service or group of services where we had more people make a decision to follow Jesus than we did that first weekend, 23 that first weekend, until Christmas this year when 27 people made a decision to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ over those four services. Come on, y'all. Is that all you got? Come on. That's 27 people who didn't have a relationship with Jesus. Who now, They're starting 2020, and heaven is in their future. Heaven is in the plan, and, and hell is in the rearview mirror. Come on, everybody. That is a fantastic way to end the year. And so, um, man, I'm so fired up for this year, and I'm hanging out with a group of our, our leaders this afternoon. We're, we're kind of hanging out and having a meeting. I'm not a big, I'm not typically a person that rolls into a new year with, like, uh, a word or a goal or any of those kinds of things, but God actually gave me some stuff for this year that I'm, that I'm sharing with our leaders a little bit later today, and I'm just telling you, uh, this is going to be a banner year in the life of our church, and I want to thank you for being a part of that. I want to thank you for your generosity and your giving. Uh, the month of December was, uh, outside of some large gifts that we've gotten from uh, certain individuals in the past, uh, the month of December was the, the highest giving month in the history of our church. Like, I could not believe how generous uh, y'all were, and I want to say thank you, because that really helps set us up for a successful 2020. And um, <clears throat> I never shared it from the platform, but coming out of our building project, we were squeezing it. We were a little, little cash flow tight, and we were telling our teams, hey, be careful, uh, stay within budget. And um, that, that really helped us recreate margin for, for the new year and our, our budget for the new year. In fact, this was the first time we've budgeted for a year and we weren't figuring out what do we, what do we try to shave off. We looked at our spending over the last 12 months and we're able to budget right in line with where we've been for the first time in the history of the church. You know, we'll be eight years old next month. And so I just want to say thank you for that. And I'm so excited to kick off this series. I do want to say hello if you're a first-time guest. My name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor here. You probably figured out that already. My wife Amanda was up here leading worship a second ago, and we're so thrilled that you're here. And if you're watching online, we're thankful that you're here too. Would you all help me welcome first-time guests and everybody watching online? We're... So uh, God gave me this message um, towards the, the middle of October, end of October, and um, I was a little worried because I knew our team had a lot to accomplish, and I, uh, I was worried about us creating something from scratch, and I didn't want to throw too much at them, but I just felt like this is what God wanted us to talk about to start the new year, is that he is this God who is always making things new. It's who he is. It's what he does. He's a creator. He's a creative God. It's one of the reasons why I think uh, the local church needs to take back the title of champions of creativity. 
because we were created in the image of God, who is the creator, which means Christian people, Jesus-following people, should be the most creative people on the planet. That's why I love what happened here at Christmas time and all the creativity and the production and all those things that happened. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, there was a time in history where the church was the place you would go for the arts and, the cre- and creativity. It wasn't, the world didn't have the best concerts. The world didn't have the best musicians. It was, it was Christ followers. It was the church. And I'm for reclaiming that title in our society and in our culture. Can I hear an amen, everybody? Because we were made in the image of our creator. And I don't think we need to copy what the world does. I think the world should be trying to copy what we do. Can, come on, y'all. Y'all with me? And so I'm so proud of our teams and everything that they pulled off. Because he is a God who's making all things new. And there's a, a place in scripture that we're going to use as kind of the backdrop, the foundation for this series. Revelation chapter 21 Verse 5 and 6, and he who was seated on the throne. So who do you think that is? Who would be seated on the throne in heaven? It's God, all right? So this is God. In fact, if you study the book of Revelation, there's something interesting about it. God speaks rarely. Uh, it's usually the, the angels, the elders, uh, or, or John narrating this, this prophetic vision, this dream that he had. There's only a couple of times that we're 100% certain this is God speaking, and this is one of them. And if you study the book of Revelation, the entire book is written in prophetic, like future-looking, things that are going to happen one day type of language. And this is a part of that prophecy uh, that, that talks about a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Like, like this is the, the moment where God is saying, hey, Everything's going to be finally going to be perfected and put back the way it was meant to be all along. How many of y'all look forward to that day? You know, no more cancer, no more taxes, no more elections, no more politics, no more Facebook. Come on, in Jesus' name. It's all going to get put back. And Revelation uses this forward-looking prophetic language but I, know, I found something very interesting as I was studying this and preparing for you guys. Right here in this prophecy, even though this is a forward-looking prophecy, when God speaks, he doesn't use futuristic, future tense language. In the middle of this prophecy about what's going to come, God speaks, and in the original Greek, all of his language is recorded as present tense. I want you to think about that for a second. So we're in the middle of this prophetic vision, this prophetic dream, and God says, hey, in the middle of this, where we're talking about what's going to happen one day, I want you to know what I'm doing, what I will do one day. It's also what I've already done, and it's what I'm doing right now. So right now, God says, behold, I am making, not I will make, not I have made. I am making, everybody say it with me, all things new. Also, he said, (laughs) write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And so, I just wanted to use this passage of scripture just to show you, taking notes in church, not my idea, God's idea. So, you've got those little pieces of paper on your your chairs this morning, or you can use the app. And um, and I just, so for those of you who like to take notes, it's there. For those of you who don't like to take notes, it's there. You should get it out. It's not my idea, God's idea. I didn't say it, he said it. He says, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So I'm, 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 doing, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Uh, also, 
It's done. Come on, that's, how many, God exists outside the realm of what we see. We, we, see, we see time as this linear thing that we travel through. God, God is not bound by that. He doesn't see things the same way we do. He says, hey, I'm doing something, also I, it's done. Because I can, God can see the beginning from the end. He knows, he knows what his perfect plan looks like. I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty, and maybe that's how you're feeling coming into the new year. I will give from the spring of the water of life, how many love those last two words? Without payment. Without payment. You know, we, we a lot of times we, we think, this will be the year that I'm gonna pray enough, that I'm gonna read enough of my Bible, I'm gonna go to church enough, I'm gonna finally earn God's love, I'm gonna finally be the good person that I'm capable of being. And can I tell you, if, if that's the foundation you're starting from for 2020, you're gonna finish 2020 as frustrated as you have every other year. Because God says, hey, I'm doing new things, I'm always creating, I've always got a plan, and I see it finished, even though you don't see it finished yet, I already see it done, because I'm God, and I have a different view, and I have a different perspective than you. And he says, all the things that you need, if you're thirsty, if you're tired, if you're frustrated, if, if 2019 didn't go the way you wanted it to, 20, I've got something new for you in 2020, and come on, how many know there's not a thing you'll be able to do to earn it? Nothing. You can't earn it. So church attendance is healthy. I think you should do that because it helps in your spiritual development. But God's not looking at you going, well, I, I would have loved you, but you only made it to 48 Sundays this year. I, I, I would have loved you, but uh, there were six 63 days that you forgot to read your Bible, and, um, and you didn't pray that much, and so, sorry, you're out. Come on, what are the last two words right here? Everybody say it. Without payment. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. In fact, God is going to do a new thing in your life this year, whether you get everything right or not, because it's who he is. It's his character. It's his nature, and he can't be anything other than who he already is. Come on, aren't you thankful that your choices and your decisions can't change the character of God? Because my life would be a mess if that were the case. And so what, what do we do? We tend to insert our own definitions, our own interpretations of what, of what God is, is saying when he says things like this. And, and some of us, we're, we're kind of hoping 2020 is going to be uh, a little bit different. Look, look at Isaiah 43, 18. It's, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the, say it. I feel like I should, like some of you, I could stop the message right here. And this would be life-changing and, and deliver so much freedom. Do not dwell on, say it again, the past. Do not dwell on 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 the past. But you don't know how bad my husband is. Don't dwell on the past. But you don't know how crazy my kids are. Don't dwell on the past. But you don't know how I was overlooked for the promotion I should have gotten this last year and how angry I am about it. Don't dwell on the past. But you don't know how hard it's been for me to break free from this addiction that's been controlling my life forever. Stop dwelling on the past. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now, 
it springs up in you. Come on, everybody say, now. Come on, one more time. Everybody say it. Now, now it springs up in, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? That's an interesting choice of words. You don't, you don't perceive, it doesn't say, do you, are you not aware, do you not, per, perception. Isn't it interesting how perception can change our lives? Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And, and I've, I've heard both of these passages used by, by preachers through the years. And if, if I'm being honest, I think they've been used irresponsibly at times. Because what we do is we read scriptures like this. And we start to insert what we would like the interpretation of them to be without really doing the homework on what's happening in the scriptures. And so we go, okay, yeah. God's doing a new thing, so, so maybe that means 2020 is going to be the year of a new job. Woo! Maybe it's the year that I'm going to get a new house. Maybe it's the year that I'm going to get a new level of income. Maybe I can get some new friends. Maybe, better be careful. You might be the friend that needs to be replaced. You never know. Maybe I could get some new romance in my life. Maybe this, some of you coming into 2020 and you're like, this is the year. I'm going to find somebody. I'm not going to be alone anymore. Come on, I'll, I'll believe that with you prophetically. I'll just believe it over your life. Come on. This, this is going to be the year that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find somebody. Some, some of you are like, I've had one. I want a new one. <laughs> Can I tell you, I don't think God's, that's not, No. Some of you, can I trade in other family members? Some of you are thinking like, what are my options here, God? What can be new? What can be new? <laughs> in all of these situations, you know what? A lot of times we, we read scripture like this. We read these promises of God and we insert the interpretation that we would like it to be. In a lot of scenarios, really what we're hoping for is new circumstances. New, God, could, could 2020 be the year that you make my circumstances knew that you'd change some things in my life. And I'm not saying that God never changes circumstances. He, he absolutely does. I mean, he's changed our circumstances as a church. I remember uh, somebody was talking to me after one of our Christmas services, and they said, you remember when it felt like we were never going to have 100 people in a church service? And, and now look, look what God has done, which, by the way, I think is important for us to continue to use that language. We didn't do it. God did it. Look, look what God, and so there are times where I think God will change, his, change the circumstances in our, in our life, but as I was praying and as I was studying, and I think if we really use a responsible, correct interpretation of what we see consistently throughout the scripture, what I feel very comfortable concluding with you this morning is this, that there are two things God wants to make new this year, just two. One of them is me, and the other one is you. Can, I, I've got to try to convince you of this this morning, that God is far more interested in making you new than he is making your circumstances new. 
And I think it would be a much more responsible and a much healthier expectation for you to begin this new year, not by asking God to change everyone and everything else around you, but to stop here on the first Sunday of the year and invite the Holy Spirit to come into your life and make whatever needs to be new, new. Like, God, whatever you want to change, whatever you want to work on, like the psalmist David gave us a a great plan for this. He says, search my heart, God. Search my heart. And whatever you find that you're not happy with, whatever you find that doesn't pleasing to you, help me take it out and create something new in its place. God is far more interested in, in making you new than he is in making your circumstances new. And you might be thinking, well, show me that in the Bible. Okay, I will. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. Since we believe that Christ died for all, how many think Jesus died for us, died for all? We also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, come on, He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. So I'm not going to be focused on my circumstances because that's what the old me would have done. But I have a relationship with Jesus, which means there's a new version of me. And that version of me is not going to be focused on myself. Instead, I'm going to live for Christ who died and was raised for me. So we've stopped evaluating others. Look, here's perception again from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now, Paul says. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a? Come on, y'all, you gotta help me preach it. I go faster if you help, all right? Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Begun. And you know the issue for a lot of us is we'll come into relationship with Jesus because eternity, heaven, forgiveness of sins, we all want that. That sounds really good. And then we kind of go, all right, cool. I'm a Christian now. I go to church. I'll try to learn some Bible verses. No, 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 no. No. There's a new life that begins in you when you have a relationship with Jesus. That's why when we come to Christ, I'm going, to help, I'm going to help some of y'all today. You, when you come to life in Christ, you know what? You no longer get to say things like, well, that's just me. That's just the way I am. No, that's the way you were. But you're not you anymore. You're the new you because of Jesus Christ in you. Well, I've just always had a short temper. No, that's the old you, but Jesus Christ came to life in you. Well, I've just kind of always, you know, I've kind of just... I've kind of always had that problem or I've kind of always looked at that or that's just, that's just a part of who I, I've kind of always, I've, I've never been a person who likes to get up in the morning and, and start a job early. Okay, that's the old you. Come on, somebody. But how many know when Jesus came to life inside of you, all of those excuses became disqualified because you're not the old you anymore, you're the new you. So, so, We're not allowed to keep talking that way. So here's what I want to ask you. What if 2020 isn't about new circumstances? Instead, it could be about God developing a new you. A new you. How many would like to embrace that this morning? I know I would. 
I would. Because if I can, if I can humble myself and if I can make myself pliable and moldable in his hands, I just think he's going to do so much better a job shaping my life than I could ever do on my own. Like, I'm going to mess it up. I am going to mess it up. But how many know God's not going to mess it up? He's going to do something beautiful with it. Uh, so, how, how does this happen? And that's what I'm going to spend the next several weeks talking about, but today I want to give you kind of a head start, all right? And if God is going to develop a new me and a new you, then we have to kind of understand how we're made, how we're built. How does he, how does he change that perception for us? Like, like, I don't know if any of you ever have to travel for work. Um, I, I occasionally will have to, to travel. I'll have to go someplace and uh, maybe go to a conference or meet with other pastors, things like that. And I don't know if any of you have had this experience, but I, as I shared at Christmas, I'm kind of a technology geek, and, and, um, and our family, we're a movie-watching family. We, we love to pop popcorn on the weekend and, and watch movies together. And so uh, we made some investments in some of those family opportunities. A few years ago, we finally, we, like, we broke down and, and, and bought a television, and, and it was one I had my eye on for a while. And so uh, it's, it's, it's not the most expensive. It's kind of in the middle of the road, but it is nice, and I like it a lot. Does anybody else with me? Anybody know what I'm, I feel like I'm trying to explain myself a little bit too much, but has anybody else ever had anything that you're like, that's the one I want, and we're all going to enjoy it together? Anybody? Yeah, all right. So, um, so we, we got it, and I like it a lot. And um, my wife, she's, she thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, so we'll be watching a movie or something. I'm like, do you see that? Do you see the contrast? Do you see how black the black is over there and how bright the white is right there? Like, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. And she's like, it really looks exactly like our old TV to me. Just a little bigger. And I'm like, no! You're so wrong! And then we fight and we call Pastor Perry and he prays us through it and I'm just I'm teasing. It doesn't happen. But sometimes when I travel, you know, how many have ever had to deal with like a cruddy hotel TV? You know what I'm talking about? And, and like they don't even have the right aspect ratio coming to the TV, so everybody's stretched out all wide and, and is not in high def. And like, you know, anybody ever tried to watch like a football game like that or, or, or one of your It just ruins everything. All right. Some of y'all are with me. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? And, um, you know, sometimes I find myself kind of getting used to what I have, and then I'll go travel, or I'll have to go experience something somewhere else. And then all of a sudden I come home, and I get to put a movie on my TV again. How many know it feels brand new all over again? It's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Sony. Thank you, Japan. I just, I'm so thankful. <laughs> Come on, y'all. See, oftentimes the reason why things in our life don't feel as new as they're supposed to, or a lot of times why we don't see the new things that God is doing is because our, our, our perspective is off. Maybe you've even become familiar with some of the things that exist in your life, and you don't see how God is actually working right there in the middle of the things that you're so familiar with. And so what I want to do this morning is kind of give you a head start on how to get your perspective in line with God's perspective. 
Because from his view, he's always doing new things. And so if I'm going to be new and, and I'm going to see all the new things God is doing in my life, how, how do I do that? And for me to be able to do that, I have to understand how I'm made. And I don't know if you know this about God, but God actually exists in three parts, in three persons. He is a triune being. Y'all, y'all know this. God the Father, God the, God the Holy Spirit. Three parts. Three in one. Did you know you are also, you were created in the image of God. So what does that mean? It means you're also, you also exist in three parts. You are also a triune being. So you were created in, in body, this is the physical flesh part of you. You have your soul, that's your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you have your spirit. This is the part of you that before relationship with Jesus was kind of laying dormant. It was crying out, I need something, I need, there's something missing. And then the moment you met Jesus, the spirit comes to life inside of you. And at that moment, a battle begins inside of you. Because all three of these characters for us are fighting for control. Your, your, your body wants Krispy Kreme. But your mind, your will, and emotions wants to be attractive. And, and the spirit just wants you to ask God what he wants. And there's, so there's a, there's, a, there's a battle going on in, inside of you for control. You're a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. You're created in the image of God. And, and what I wanted to share with you this morning just to get us started for this series is that God actually wants to work on creating newness in you in all three of those areas, body, soul, and spirit. And so let me, let me show you how that can happen. The three areas of your life that in 2020, if you'll let him, God will bring newness to you. And here's the first one. God wants to develop in you a new heart. A new heart. This is the spirit part of you. So what God wants to, what, what do you mean, Michael, a new heart? Well, this is like the part of you that, that knows what your purpose is. And it's, it's the passion. It's, it's the desire part of you. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll just start grasping at things or we'll, we'll start listening to what the world says is valuable and, and our soul, mind, will, and emotions will take over and we'll miss out on the new part of the new heart that God really wants to develop in us. He, he, it's re- this is really the, the thing that makes you tick. It's the thing that drives you. It's the thing that fuels you. And, and God says, hey, I, I want to kind of always be working on and, and shaping your desires and your passions and, and what moves you and what motivates you. It's the, it's the intangible stuff inside of you. That It's the things that you dream about and, and, and the calling and, the, and all of God, God, can I tell you, God wants to work on giving the, a, a new part of that to you this year. This is one of the things that when... When I'm trying to, I need you to get this this morning. When I'm trying to overcome a struggle in my life, I, one of the very first things that I, I begin to pray is, God, change my heart in this area. God, give me new desires. Take out, just God, remove the desire for that in my life and replace it with something else. Instead of, instead of craving food, God, help me to crave time 
with you. God, in, in, instead of, of craving this thing over here, God, take that out and help me to crave, crave something that honors you and, and blesses you and, and brings glory to you. Instead of being selfish, help me to crave serving people. In, in, instead of, of wanting to have all the attention on me, help me, God, to crave humility and putting attention on, on others and, and bringing glory to you. Y'all getting this this morning? He, he wants to develop a new heart in us in 2020. And the only way that that can happen is for us to go to him and say, okay, God, new year, clean slate, rewire me to crave and desire what you crave and desire, which is why you should come Wednesday night to first Wednesday this week, because I'm going to spend the whole night teaching about our, our relationship with the Holy Spirit and how, how our relationship with the Holy Spirit can actually rewire us and empower us to do the things that God wants us to do. It's, this is how you make this part of you new, all right? Here's my little commercial for Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m., first Wednesday. You should be here. Child care is provided. All right. He wants to give you a new heart. He also wants to give you a new mind. He wants to give you a new mind. He wants to change our mind, our will, and our emotions the way we think. I'm not giving you scriptures with these right now because I'm going to take the next three weeks and talk about these. New heart, new mind. I'm going to talk about how God develops these in our lives and how we can, we can get, see newness in these areas of our lives during this new year. And here's the third thing he'll give you. So we've got spirit, we've got soul, mind, will, emotions. He also wants to give you new habits. That's the body part. Because if the spirit gains control and the mind settles down and we begin to think the way God wants us to think, guess what? The body has no choice but to fall in line. Can I hear an amen? amen? So like, can I just give you a personal example of this for me? I'm, um, I'm now in the, and I'm not bragging, this is a miracle in my life. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. I'm now in the, the longest stretch of my entire life of being committed to an exercise routine that I have ever had. Like, even going back to high school. I'm in the gym three to four times a week, almost always four times, occasionally three times. Um, I'd lost like 30 pounds coming into Christmas. I probably, ha I probably have some work to do. I probably lost a little bit of ground during the Christmas season, can I? Because <laughs> she makes these cookies. And they're the best cookies on planet Earth. And then she comes into the kitchen and she's like, where's, where's all the cookies? The kids haven't gotten any yet. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe the dog's figured out how to open a Tupperware. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I got to help you see this. Th this did not happen for me because I looked in the mirror and I thought, man, I really want to look better. Or I really want to... This happened for me because I started at the spirit level and I said, God, you have got to give me, you've got to give me a supernatural desire for something. And he started just rewiring my heart and my desires and my thinking and, and started planting seeds in my heart like, okay, well, if you want to do what I've asked you to do and accomplish the calling I have on your life, then you're going to have to live longer than, if, than you would live if you keep doing things the way you're doing them right now. So do you want to do everything I've asked you to do and everything I've called you to do? Well, yeah. All right, well then let's make your desires connected to your calling. Do you all see? You see what happened? So it's a heart change. 
that led to a thinking change that ultimately led to new habits in my life. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm thankful, and he's still doing it. He's still working on it. I still have moments where I've, I want to relapse because there's that battle for control that's always taking place. But in 2020, I'm just telling you, if you'll let him, if you'll let him, if you'll give the spirit control, you can get a new heart, a new mind, and new habits. And over the next three weeks, I'm going to help you understand how to, how to make that happen. All right. So let me give you some takeaways for today. All right. Just give you a head start. Here's, here's the first thing that you could do. Um, determine in your life that in 2020, I'm going to connect with God through his word, the Bible. I would love to invite you to join us on, on the one-year Bible plan. There's paper copies available at the Info Center you can buy. You don't have to do it that way, and, and we don't make money off that. We sell them at cost. It's just there to resource you. But if you like to have paper, go, go use the paper. You can install the Bible app on your phone for free, and every translation imaginable is available to you, and you can engage in the one-year Bible plan, which will, if you follow it, you will read through the entire Bible in a year. Now, I know some of you, you, I said that, and you already started to stress out because you're like, but today is the fifth. I'm already five days behind. How am I going to catch up? Don't. Just start with the day you start. And if you miss a day, don't worry about catching up. You'll read that part next year when you do it again. Let yourself off the hook. Can I hear an amen? Don't bring all that religious nonsense into your life and, and unnecessary guilt. But try to establish an, a new, hey God, would you give me a desire for your, wor- wor- for your word? I know the, the spirit in there wants that anyway. And as I, as I consume your word, it's gonna change my thinking and that's gonna lead to new habits. And so as I begin the new year, God, I'm gonna engage with your word. And there's, a, there's some promises attached to that. Joshua 1.8 says, study this book of instruction. How often? Continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So it starts with his word. Here's the, here's the next one. Just determine, I'm going to connect with God in, in 2020 through prayer. Through prayer. And... Um, I feel like prayer is such an intimidating thing to so many people. Can I tell you what prayer really is? It's just you talking to God. And you don't need to try to be anybody but you when you talk to God. He sees you and he hears you in everything else you're doing in your life. So you don't need to try to to pretend to be something different when you talk to God because he knows you're being fake. Can I hear an amen? And all of us know somebody too, right? Like all of a sudden when they start praying, they become a different person. And you're like, who are you? Right? I've, I had some family members, like they'd be talking like a normal human being and then all of a sudden you ask them to pray for a meal and they suddenly morph into the King James. <laughs> oh, thou greatest God. We are so grateful for the bountiful blessing you have bestowed upon us. Please bless it as we begin to partake in it. Thy blessed Savior. Like, thy? You've never used the word thy ever, ever in a conversation, and all of a sudden now when you're praying, it comes. Don't, you don't need to do that. In fact, Jesus talked about this. He said, when you pray, and I highlighted when because he doesn't say if. All right. When you pray, 
Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. God is not asking us to pray because he needs us to list our needs. He wants us to pray because he desires relationship with you. And I don't know about you, but I've never had a good relationship with anybody that I don't talk to. So you talk to him. You tell him how your day's going and you tell him what what you feel like is happening in your heart and If it's a good day, you thank him for it. And if it's a bad day, you thank him that tomorrow's coming. (laughs) And then the more you develop this lifestyle of prayer, you'll actually begin to sense his voice as well. That whisper, that nudge, that still small voice in your life. Here's the last one. Connect with God through fasting. And I made sure Michaela came up and played so that it wouldn't feel as painful when this word came up on the screen. <laughs> See, now it feels deep and spiritual. Thanks, Michaela. But, but seriously, watch. And, oh, too far. And, come on, and when you fast. Jesus' words, not mine. Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they're gonna get. But when you fast, (laughs) comb your hair, (laughs) wash your face. You don't need to look miserable. This is what Jesus is trying to say. Fasting is not about you trying to show everybody how you suffer for Jesus. That's not what fasting is then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Which is why we're inviting you today to join us in what we do every year this time of year, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I don't know what that looks like for you. Every year I have conversations with people who are like, I can't, I'm so stressed out. I can't figure out this fasting thing. Or, or they, they try to do the Daniel fast, which is no meats, no sweets, uh, no breads. So, so it's basically fruits and vegetables is, is about all that you would eat. And, um, and they get all worked up. Like, well, can I eat that or can I not eat that? Or what if I do? Oh, oh, I had a piece of cheese. Oh, I'm going to hell. No. Stop it. You're missing the point. Fasting is not about trying to make myself suffer. Fasting isn't about trying to, hey God, look at me, I'm just I'm dying for you. That's, that's not what it is. Fasting, you know what fasting is really about? It's about settling the battle between body, soul, and spirit. And, it, and, you're, and you're forcing your body to submit You're saying, hey, you know what? For 21 days, body, you're going to submit. And I'm going to start the new year by establishing who comes first in my life. So fasting needs to look actually different for some of us. For some of us, because of health reasons. So 
Like before you fast, if you don't know what you're doing, talk to a doctor. If, you, if you're diabetic, things like that, you need to be very careful with things like fasting. But for a lot of us, there's a lot of proven health benefits to this. Did you know like a, a real deal food fast resets your immune system? Like this is proven now. And um, last year, during January, I did the most intense season of fasting that I've probably done in the last well, 18 years, 19 years since I got married. And even that wasn't that crazy, but I, I had, inside of that 21 days, I had several stretches of just liquids. And um, I've been sick the least over the last 12 months since, since really we started the church. Like even little head colds and stuff that I would get within a day or two, gone. And I, I think there's something to that. And this is not even a spiritual thing. This is science. Science says fasting resets the immune system. So there are, there are physical benefits. If you're trying to diet, this is a good head start. Come on. But it's really, it's really not about that. What fasting does is it disconnects us from the world so that we can connect to God. Come on, y'all. I heard somebody say it this way recently. Fasting isn't about getting more of God. It's about giving God more of me. And so it's, it's just establishing order in my life. So for you, maybe that means you, if you've never fasted before, don't walk out of there today and be like, 21 days, water only. Don't, don't, because then I'm going to be doing a hospital visit, and I hate hospital visits. I don't want to come see you, and then you're going to blame me, and I'm going to be like, I, no, I told you not to. Don't do that. But you know what you could do is you could fast a meal a day, or you could find a day each week during these three weeks where you, you do liquids only, or, or maybe you do the Daniel fast where you just try to go fruits and vegetables. Uh, you know, for a lot of us, one of the best things we could do would be to set down the electronic device and fast that for 21 days. Uh, maybe do a media fast or, or a social media a social media fast would be one of the healthiest things for some of y'all. 21 days without comparing yourself to somebody else's highlight reel would set you free. 21 days without trying to prove how great you really are. Be good for you. So 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I want to invite you to participate. There's a, a little blue booklet that's available at our info center. It's free. It says pray first. And it's just got some guides in there for, for prayer and fasting, some things that will help you and resource you. And some of you still have yours from previous years. Reuse it. Let somebody else have a new one. I'm just trying to give you some ways to engage. First Wednesday, this, this, this coming Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We, we intentionally put this during the beginning of our 21 days of prayer and fasting because we're going to have a, a moment where we crank up the spiritual intensity. We're going to worship a little bit longer than we normally would, and I'm going to teach, and, and we're going to have time for prayer and response, and I'd love for you to be there for that. If you can't make it to that, we're going to pray every Saturday during those 21 days at 9 a.m., and I'd love for you to join us for that. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. In fact, why don't we stand to our feet? I'm a little bit past my schedule. I told you I had to get the rust off today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You are a triune being, body, soul, and spirit.
for the Spirit to get engaged in your life, there has to be a salvation experience, a conversion experience where you surrender your life to Christ. Until that happens, that Spirit is kind of just lying dormant in you. It's crying out, and the Holy Spirit is drawing you, convincing you of your need of a Savior, but you're not experiencing that new life that that Jesus died for. And there's no better day than today, the first Sunday of the new year, if the Spirit is dormant, if you've not surrendered your life to Jesus, to make that decision. Right now is the best time ever. So head bowed, eyes closed. If you say, Michael, that's me. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. The Spirit of God is not alive in me. I don't have a relationship with Him. And today I want want that to change. I'm ready for that to change. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Nobody looking around. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to know you're in the room. If I'm describing you, would you just real quick just wave at me? Say, hey, I want the Spirit to come to life inside me this morning. Just wave your hand at me real quick, up and down real fast. Anybody? See it? Anybody else? Real quick. Anyone else? Awesome. Right there where you're at, here's all that has to happen. You just talk to Jesus and you say, dear Jesus, take over my life. From this day on, it's not mine anymore. It's yours. Please forgive me for all the time I've spent doing it my way. From this day on, I'm going to do it your way. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making heaven my future and my home. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me just pray a prayer over your life this morning before we go. Heavenly Father, you know each and every person in this room. You know every story. You know right where we're at. You know the struggle that all of us are in between body, soul, and spirit. And God, I pray that you would change our perspective today. As we begin this new year, we would embrace a relationship with a God who makes all things new. And that means you want to make us new. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you to create in us a new heart. Holy Spirit, we invite you to change our thinking and help us to think and see things the way you would. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to change our habits so that the stuff we do and the choices we make would align with your plan and your calling for our lives. And as a result, we're going to experience your favor, your blessing, and God, you're going to use us to have an impact on the lives of others around us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, would you say? Amen. 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 Well, thank you guys for being here on the first Sunday of the year. Before you go, I want to remind you that there is a connection card in every seat. And 100% of you are invited to use those. If you've got a prayer request. In fact, I would love to hear your prayers for 2020. My, myself, my wife, our staff, we would love to agree with you. And, and, uh, and pray with you over the new year. So let us know on a connection card before you today, go today what you're believing God for in the, in the new year. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, check that box, let us know. If you're interested in getting baptized here in a couple weeks, let us know. And you can drop those in one of the receptacles in the lobby 
on your way out. And that's also where you can drop giving envelopes. It is the first Sunday of the month and the first Sunday of the year. So I always like to remind you to bring your first to God. And I want to thank you for doing that, your faithfulness and your generosity. And uh, we've been able to reach so many people this year. And in 2020, we're going to reach so many more because of that. So I want to thank you for that. God bless you guys. We're going to sing one last time before we go, but you're officially dismissed. Have a great beginning to the new year. Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise we can before we go. God bless y'all. We'll see you next weekend.